Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show. You can hear us Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Oh, and by the way, if you hear me give out a telephone number, don't call because this is a rebroadcast and our janitor Charlie will answer the phone and believe me, you don't want to talk to him. He's an honorary little cuss. <laughs> Stand by to receive our transmission. You know, I love it when I uh, get here and I want to go into the kitchen, the break room, as we call it here at WBHF. Uh, let's share this local stuff, but why not? It, it happens. I, I drink decaf coffee because uh, ca- caffeine hits me and uh, I kind of start uh, shaking a little bit. You know, remember the, the, the things you could wear or put on in the 70s that actually did no that helped you did not help you lose weight that were supposed to you got on this machine and you put this strap around you and it shook you like this on your uh, your belly oh and yeah stuff. It, you know and it's shaking shaking fat off right what well, that's what they were thinking it was doing or whatever that was massaging the, your fat the idea no good. that's how i get sometimes now that i get older when i start to ingest caffeine in large quantities so i got to stay away from it so i drink decaf coffee well i went into the the break room this morning, and I'm like, oh, there's no, we don't have any decaf in the in the pre-made little Keurig uh, the things, the inserts. You put them in there. K cups. The the disposable ones. Yeah. I was waiting there's for no, to figure that I'm out. Like there's just, no K cup. Uh, no, as, as you can hear, the studio is full of people that's going to point out my goofiness today as I'm as I search for a random thought to talk about. Because uh, we're chock full of nuts in here again. Talk about here's a coffee for you right there. Chock full of nuts. Coffee brown. Yeah. I'm okay. Um. So I found this uh, this container of Folgers decaf coffee in in the uh, cabinet back there. And I'm like, oh good, there's some decaf coffee. I'll I'll just make some, put, pour it in the little manual things they give you to put into the machine, the coffee machine, and fill it up. And I, I said, wait a minute, let me check because as Alan knows, the, the the dates on items in our in our break room, you need to check them sometimes <laughs> because we've had stuff in there, you know, that, that's been in the shelves and in the fridge since, I don't know, 1979, you know, and, like, and I'm like, you have no idea. I don't know when this is. I uh, believe so. the idea for the movie The Stuff might have been actually invented <laughs> in that refrigerator. So you mentioned The Stuff. It was just, on last I night. I just saw that. It was Are on last night. Me? I watched no. it. I watched The Stuff last awesome. night. It was awesome. That's great. too funny. Great Larry Cohen movie. The Stuff is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you sit there and, and I'm like, okay, so the Folgers coffee container I turned it upside down and I looked at the date and I'm like, oh, that's not bad. It's it's October of twenty oh six. It's like, coffee. No, it coffee lasts forever. Uh, Technically, yeah, but it's in one of the. It's not. It's it can not, get it's stale. Not, maybe if it was in one of those little seal containers, I might have used it. But it was the kind where you screw the top off and it's just coffee yeah, in the I container. So I didn't want to take. I, a chance, I will tell so you, I threw it away. The difference between me and BK, <laughs> I would have been like. Yeah, I'll try it. I'll try it. <laughs> it, it could well, age like wine. Here, here's yeah. the here's the thing. With Alan. Worse than having like bark chips. Like, oh, yeah. Alan is pr- Alan is proud because he hardly ever gets sick at all. That's that's the thing with Alan. He and I told him not all of us, not all of us, were rocketed here from a planet that was about to blow up when we were kids, as from by our parents. We we didn't all get that thing. Figures the but only I, thing I get but from I, planet. <laughs> from, <laughs> but I told him I said. Know. 
that was that was the point. But the, but the reason I said that is you never get sick. But I told you one day when you get older, everything's going to hit you in one day. Right. You're going to get every disease and condition known to man in on, in one 24-hour period. They're all going to latch on to you and go, hey, we haven't hit that guy before. Doc, He's I'm not feeling us. so good. Well, that's because you've got stage four cancer. You've got a stroke happening right now. You've got arthritis. You've got, like, wait, whoa. All at once? Yeah. Yes. Over, overnight, he's going to be thinner. <laughs> and not only that, <laughs> but you have the heartbreak of psoriasis <laughs> to <laughs> top it all. By the way, Mayor Pattern Baldness finally caught up to you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> it'll be like a little dust cloud of hair, and then I'll, just like, I'll, I'll look like... Okay. Uh, it turns gray on the way down. Like Lex Luthor. Like, oh! <laughs> when we toast, when we have a toast when I'm out with him, I don't say to your health anymore. I just skip it. Yeah, yeah we were like, yeah, okay, that. cheers. <laughs> I'm glad everybody's here today. We're here. I've got so many things to, to get to today. Uh, Pat McCormick may be checking in with us today if our phone lines hold up, because not everybody knows we got a new phone line here to replace the old phone system here at WBHF, and the new phone system works, I guess, 2% better than the old one that we had. Something's going you know, on with it. It's kind of weird. Here's the thing about so. it. It was working great when they first installed it, so yeah. I don't know what they've tweaked since, but they oh, put the it, tweak in the wrong direction. Another, was there another tweak again? See, I hear the word tweak here, and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, every time I come uh, in here, there's less wires on the desk. So something tells me somebody's unplugging things. That's good. Well, that's true, because here sometimes here, when they put things back together, there are extra pieces left over. And we're like, oh, that's just the extra pieces that we didn't use to put it back together. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not good. It's like the Brady Bunch episode when Greg, Greg bought the car. Yeah, what's this And for? he's like, I'm going to rebuild this engine and clean it all up. And they're like, okay, they rebuilt Bobby and Cindy are helping. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they, they get back in the car and they're like, what are all these pieces here on in the driveway? They're like, oh, that's the extra pieces of the engine that we didn't need. <laughs> so nope. That's great. I think that's hilarious how he mentioned the stuff and we just watched it. I it was just, on, just it was on it. some... It was on Tubi or something. I can't remember where that's, it was on, but it I was, was watching it. Well, you and know that's a crazy movie. Because I watched nuts. that, and then I watched, um, I don't know if you remember, 1982, they had one called Parasite in 3D. With Dem- Demi Moore. That's the first with, thing I saw Demi, Demi Moore in. Because yeah. I was like, ah, Demi. And it's a terrible movie. Oh, it's, it's awful, but it's so awful, it's good. But it's but it's so crazy, and I think I saw that on, yeah, I saw that on VHS. I didn't see it in 3D. I didn't see it in the theater. Well, I saw it in 3D in the theater. It was one of my favorites for a while. Well, we got a lot coming up today on the program. Amazon Prime has acquired or is going to acquire a huge catalog of films that are coming up. Another comic book has sold for a record price. Remember how we had the the um, the comics that we're talking about the last couple of weeks? So there's mm-hmm. a million dollars, million three, million eight, or whatever. There's another one that sold. I think it was this week for another. This one sold for <gasps> one million. No, it was more than that. It was. $3.12 million this Crazy. one sold. It's the first appearance of this superhero. And yes, it is Marvel. I got a story. Uh, I'll have to newsflash the thing manually today. I forgot to print them out. I don't know why I always forget to print out the newsflashes sometimes. They, well, that's the memory. They say that's the second thing that goes. Not Somebody. going there. <laughs> Thomas is in the studio, and he's in the background. He almost spit-taked his Coke when I said in the back that. of my head. Right? In fact, if you'd have hit the, the, the control panel in the corner with some Coke, it might have helped this place. I've got an alternative take on your, uh, because Walt shared it. It's like the sign that says, be careful, drinking can affect your memory. Right. Also, drinking can affect your memory. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? <laughs> we got all that coming up on the program. Hey, you want a job counting penguins in Antarctica? I'll tell you about that later. No. And uh, yeah, come on, you might when you find out how much it pays. No, nope. uh, you have to relocate though. And we'll talk moonlight a little bit too when we come back. We got a lot going on. Golden Ridge of TV. It's become the air.
Rob Actis, host of the podcast magazine Hot 50 Countdown. Join me as I count them down from 50 to number one, the top 50 podcasts in the land as determined by you, the podcast fans. From true crime, society and culture, self-help, health and fitness, science, and every podcast category in between. The Hot 50 Countdown is here. And don't forget to vote for BK on the Air as one of your favorite podcasts at podcastmagazine.com. fellow classic TV fans, the 249-episode run of The Andy Griffith Show featured many guest stars and at times served as a great launching pad. Some were well-established actors already, but had yet to assume their memorable roles on classic television. But out of the eight seasons, 1962 was special as it gave us a real preview of some soon-to-be classic TV legends. For example, there was Edgar Buchanan from Petticoat Junction playing Aunt B's love interest in Episode 9. The skipper, Alan Hale Jr., appeared in the 13th episode titled The Farmer Takes a Wife. In episode 15, a pre-My Favorite Martian Bill Bixby played a spoiled rich kid in Bailey's Bad Boy. And the very next week, the beautiful Barbara Eden guest starred in The Manicurist, one of my all-time favorites. The grown-up child movie star Jackie Coogan, a.k.a. Uncle Fester, was in episode number 5 titled Barney on the Rebound. And the following week had yet another big screen star, Buddy Epson, of course, Jed Clampett, and Opie's hobo friend. So whether it was irony or gifted foresight, it seemed that during Andy Griffith's second season, someone in that casting office owned a crystal ball. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook at Golden Rage of TV and on Twitter at Golden Rage of TV One. And now back to BK on the air. Thank you, Pat McCormick, and on the line right now, joining us live. We just heard his heard heard him talking about the Golden Rage of TV. We got the Golden Rage of TV live right here, Pat McCormick. Hey, Pat. Hey, buddy. You did something very special here lately. You interviewed somebody for an upcoming Golden Rage of TV segment, and that's what you want to talk about today. And, I, and it's funny. I just watched this show that she was a part of. I just watched some of the episodes streaming the other day. Oh, I talked to Kathy Garber. That's right, Kathy Garver from Family yeah. Affair, the the sitcom from the '60s with Brian Keith. I always loved that show because I thought they were so rich on there. And I'm like, oh, I wanted to live in that house oh, yeah. with Uncle Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Davis had some money. He um, did. But she played Sissy, and she was heartthrob. She was. I mean, she was a, a pinup when I didn't know what a pinup was <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> well, it's. It, She's been friends with me for a number of years now, and now that I have this live streaming uh, feature going on on my YouTube channel, she 
she agreed to be my first celebrity guest. Um, I think Alan Sanders is going to be my next celebrity guest. That's what you want. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you say celebrity? You've taken, you've taken you a big c- step down. Did you say celebrity guest? <laughs> no, I had it written down, but I mean, I just said it. I don't know why. Oh, it's, 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 it. That's why. He that's was looking right. at his collection of celebrity, the, the guide that's from fine. TV Guide, that's fine. and that word stuck okay. in his head. Right. Well, I'm glad you got to talk to Kathy. When is that going to be, when is that going to be premiering? That's going to be Wednesday, which would be 8.30 Eastern. On my YouTube channel, Golden Rage TV, and we cover a lot. Because she had one heck of a career, or has a heck of a career, and and um, just a just a joy to talk to. And it came off really well. I went ahead and pre-recorded this, so I can talk about it. And um, we talked about her being on the Ten Commandments, or in the Ten Commandments, which actually airs tonight on ABC. And here's a little hint for you guys. You can see her as the little girl, Rachel, looking for her doll right before the exodus begins. And she actually has lines. I keep forgetting she's in the Ten Commandments. You know, she's still very active on her Facebook page and on uh, social media, and she's filming commercials and stuff. And she seems to be very receptive to people who are fans of hers. And that's the good thing about today uh, with social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you've got, is, you know, back in the old days, you know, what did we do if we wanted to contact a celebrity in the old days? We wrote a letter wondering, oh, that is ever going to get to this person or whatever, to correspond with them. Not all celebrities do that online, but she's another one of those like uh, Michael Gray from Shazam and a lot of other classic TV shows and actors and actresses kind of will interact with folks on social media and Kathy Garber certainly does too. Yeah, well Michael Gray won't have anything to do with me, but with that um, <laughs> What? <laughs> she's, a, she's a wonderful lady. I, I met her at a Comic Con and we talk about how we, how we met and um, like I said, we talk about her career and it is fascinating and you're right Barry she's the energizer bunny she has not stopped going going and going just like you oh well I about me about that having that coffee I was talking about earlier but uh, but what's <laughs> what's funny is I actually came upon a, uh, a YouTube video of Kathy looks like she was interacting with Johnny Whitaker is that his name that played um, the boy on there with yes. own family fair and he went on to be on uh, Sigmund and the sea monsters as well um apparently they had had a falling out or something like that and they did a re- reconciliation on uh on youtube and i didn't know that and it was a very interesting youtube video to watch of those two have you seen? it's kind of you know of all the people that i am not to talk about when i talk to her that's one of them okay you can't bring him <laughs> up huh <laughs> wow i learned that What's well, funny how a lot of people, you think that they were all, all these TV shows that were out, you think everyone was just one big happy family on a lot of these shows, and sometimes that wasn't the case, you know, there's things going on behind the scenes in Gilligan's Island, Three's Company, and uh, some shows like that, even Star Trek to a certain extent, but everybody's got to understand that every, all these people are humans, you know, they're not... They're, they're folks just like anybody else with feelings and emotions, and they can't, uh, it's not always uh, unicorns and, and, and chocolate drops when it comes to uh, behind-the-scenes stuff because there's personalities and egos and, and things, you know, get in the way sometimes. That's just the way it is. It never well, happens on radio. Always, you know, you look, at, you look at the two twins. They were, one of them didn't survive. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and the whole it, child star tragedies comes into play for a lot of things, well, too. Well, exactly right, so. And that did not happen with Kathy. She she definitely, her book, Surviving Sissy, says it all because that's what she did. She survived. You know, took the right road, 
that's great. And I'm glad that you got to, to talk to her. And I'm looking forward to seeing your interview with her on your YouTube channel. I'm also going to share it for you as usual. And I appreciate you always being out there and look forward to everything that we do. Tell everybody where they can find you if they want to find out who you are and what you do and where you're located out there. Somebody just said it on that spot, but I'll say it again. You can find <laughs> well, you, hey, you can never TV. say it too many times. <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> and then, of course, same thing on Facebook and Twitter, if you add the number one after Golden Rage TV. But, uh, yeah, YouTube's the way, to, the way to see it the best. And then, you, of course, you've got to like and subscribe while you're there. Um, I get rich and famous on that. Well, good. If I'm part of that, then I'm glad. And and you know why you why Pat's got a number one after that? It's because he is number one, Pat McCormick. Oh, flattery will get you nowhere. <laughs> Pat, always a pleasure to hear from you, buddy, and I always look forward to your Golden Rage of TV every Saturday here at BK on the Air. Thanks. Thanks so much, Alan, Alan Sanders. I'm coming for you. Adios. I'll be waiting. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Right. Sounds like the bad end of a movie. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming for you. I'll be waiting. <laughs> You know what? He, he mentioned kid actors having problems, childhood actors and tragedies. You guys have think just think of them. There's so many of them that have happened. But a lot of kids, kid actors have overcome that. And you know, one in particular that I was thinking about the other day was Ron Howard. Ron, it, it's the first thing that came to my have a mind problem when you were with talking it. about kid um, actors that did well. And who did we? And who did I hear talk about? It was Andy Griffith and Ron Howard were talking on one of those. Um, Andy Griffith reunions they had, you know, back in the '90s or something when they were all still around. Think, geez, I think Ron Howard's probably about the only one left at this point out of all the Andy Griffith classic. Cast, oh, out of all you know? of them, well, and, I was going to say because um, the first thing that popped in my head was Kurt Russell because he had a really, really flourishing right. young adult. He, he and did well career too. and but, survived through that, and actually seems right. to have a somewhat normal life. Yeah, he does, and uh, he, he's a man that wears many hats too. Sometimes director, as we as we've heard from Tombstone. But the, the point I was trying to make about Ron Howard is when Andy Griffith was talking about child actors and they were talking about it. And he says, you know who who um, Ronnie Howard has to, to, to uh, thank for a lot of that is his parents. His parents were stand-up folks, very, very decent, demanded excellence from him, didn't let a lot of that influence creep into him and didn't let him get away with a lot of stuff and protected him by, from a lot of external s sources and stuff. And you guys are both parents. Funny, funny how it always rolls back around I, to your parents. Yeah, it does. It didn't, you know, tell, try to tell the kids that sometimes, but that's... I think that had a lot to do with Ron Howard's. Uh, um, I wouldn't doubt it for a minute. And he he blossomed into quite the, quite the director, too. You know, because they were saying, "Yeah, we always noticed you on the set of the Andy Griffith. You were always hanging around the cameraman and looking at the looking through the viewfinder and stuff, even as a kid." And I guess that was part of his fascination, and he went on to direct some really great films. My favorite being uh, Apollo 13, I think. You also don't hear bad things about him. It just seems to you be really a nice guy. I mean, they, a lot of them keep their private lives private. And when I was <laughs> well, I was watching the Andy Griffith show the other day. Ha! Surprise! I was watching an old show. And <laughs> that's what my wife says. She goes, what are you watching now? I'm like, I'm watching Andy Griffith. Really? You're going to watch Andy Griffith again? I'm like, <laughs> really? I said, I said, an Andy Griffith watch for the 100th time is worth any Real Housewives of Orange County one time. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. 
But while I was watching it, I was thinking, yep. you know, this kid, do you agree with me on that? When it comes to that particular comparison, <laughs> yeah. yes. Um, you picked a low bar. When I was watching, uh, I didn't have anything else to go on. That's what I had to choose. But while I was watching Andy Griffith, I'm like, I'm watching Ron Howard in one of these early episodes. And he reminds me of a certain friend of mine who has red hair, and he's got a red-headed kid that reminds me of him a little bit. I don't know who that is I'm talking about. I'm thinking about something, somebody, that he's might be in kid. the studio. So, Yeah. I'm waiting for him to get rich, though. Are you, are you waiting on him to shoot a, a light out with a slingshot and, <laughs> and running away, you know, from it? Oh, Dad. I didn't do that. Speak on there. After these messages, we'll be right back. This is a bachelor's paradise until <laughs> twins and a teenager come to stay with Uncle Bill. And the bachelor and the butler are right in the middle of a family affair. Diet lunch that you can crunch out loud. Figurines. Crunch, 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 crunch. They're the most unquiet kind of diet lunch. Figurines brand diet meals from Pillsbury. When everyone is munching, you can crunch along. My shape belongs to figurines. Pretty sneaky, sis. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Hey, we're back. It's PK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Dispensing nostalgia, keep talking fun every Saturday. Listen on the TuneIn app if you can't hear the station locally since our signal's so strong. Uh, so strong, you got to use deodorant. The signal is really strong, man. So um, okay. you can always hear us on the TuneIn app or on the website, wbhfradio.org. <laughs> I'm going to have to do this manually today. I'm going to have to flash the audience manually because I forgot to. I printed them out, but I didn't bring them with me. And that's happened, you know, two or three times over the past few months. But Every now and then. Luckily, I do go to a certain place, UPI, to get the news flashes. So uh, I'll just start off with the first news. Florida Cowboy and his horse have become local celebrities after repeatedly turning heads with their weekly trips to the local Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru. David Bosalet, a retired bull rider, has become well-known to employees and regulars at the Dunkin' Donuts in LaBelle after he started making weekly treks to the drive-thru atop his horse, Jackson. He said the round trip is about 12 miles. It's a half-day event, he says. Once we make it over the bridge, we head right to Dunkin' Donuts to get our coffee, he told WBBH-TV. He has, uh, he's also documented some of Jackson's Dunkin' runs on social media. He always gets a coffee for himself and a treat for Jackson. There's places you can go through now and get your dog ice cream. Uh, to some of these places now. If you get a horse and donut. fix you up. I'm That's sure right. you get anything. Uh, you lead a horse to a donut. Can you make, it eat it, make him eat it? I don't know. I would bet. His order is just a plain donut hole, he says. The employees are always happy to see Jackson, and they like to pat him, scratch him, and hand him his donut. And they also like to do that to the horse, too. He said the <laughs> weekly treks have a positive impact on the horse. Quote, it's a good experience for Jackson to be around the vehicles and whatnot. Really shows him patience and, you know, to stay focused. So isn't that isn't that cool? Of course, like his horse is addicted to donuts now. <clears throat> Who isn't? Yeah. 
No, it's just what, the one hole. Do you know that uh, <laughs> a donut hole? Though, it's nothing. a hole. You know not my, a lot of calories. Do you know what my favorite donut is? Just the regular cake glazed donuts, like from uh, Krispy Kreme. Oh, I don't, yeah. I, I don't mind the filled ones. I don't mind the ones with toppings. When the light on. comes on, it's like a beacon in the distance. You hear the choir go off. <laughs> oh, time to stop and get a donut. I've got another news. This is sort of local, but not quite. From Prattville, Alabama, deputies in Alabama. See if I could, if I read the headline to this. I probably wouldn't have to read the rest of it because you just kind of like, you understand what happened. Here's the headline. Goats break into an Alabama church. What else do we need to know? There's goats in the church. Deputies in Alabama said those responsible for a break-in at a church this week were some real animals. The Bible reads, quote, he will, he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left, unquote from the Bible. But unlike the verse from the Gospel of Matthew, there were no sheep in in this church in Alabama in Prattville on Wednesday. The Otigua County Sheriff's Office said they got an alarm on the church located off Highway 33. When they arrived, deputies found the front glass door smashed in. They entered the church and began to search for culprits who ended up being a goat that had gotten out of their nearby pens. The goats apparently entered two by two into the church and found their way into the kitchens. Quote, Goats need Jesus, too, the sheriff's office posted on their Facebook page (laughs) recounting the story. We have to say this is a first here in Otago County to find goats in the church, unquote. The owner of the goats was located and was able to wrangle them back home. No word of... No, there was flooding in that area not too long ago, and they don't know if that played a factor in their adventure. So maybe they, I don't know, they floated out of the pen and went into church because of the flooding. I'm not really sure. So uh, I got another news. This is from USA Today. Hey, ever wanted to work at a post office but didn't want to face dogs constantly barking at you? A British charity is offering the chance to deal not with paws but with flippers with a job in Antarctica. The UK Antarctic Heritage Trust is a charity that manages bases that educate visitors and help converse, conver, uh, conversation conservation efforts. Say it! Maybe we'll I there. should have some caffeine with my coffee. On the seventh continent, one of the bases at Port Lockroy on uh, Godier Island in the west of the Antarctic Peninsula is where this is located. At the port, the trust is looking for a base leader, shop manager, and general assistant to work at the gift shop and the world's most re- at the world's most re- remote post office from November to March of 2023. Antarctica's summer months when temperatures can reach a brisk 50 degrees, kind of like it is here today that it's going to be, upper 50s today, but often are freezing when you factor in the wind chill. The port usually looks for workers every summer season, but it will be open to the uh, public for the first time since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Some of the duties included in this job are managing the gift shop and the post office on behalf of the British and Arctic Territory government. The post office says it gets about 80,000 pieces of mail a season, but perhaps the best task that you have to do on this job? Counting penguins. Workers have to count penguins and other wildlife for the British Antarctic Survey, and a report is due by the end of employment. According to the application, the successful candidate will, quote, need to be physically and medically capable to do the job, unquote. Am I physically and medically capable to count penguins? Yes, but to live in the Arctic. In the Antarctic. (laughs) Well, you know, Walt and I are hot all the time. We like cold weather, so I don't know if we could do that. No. Um, (laughs) Walt is quoted as saying, I guess I need to wear pants. That's right. (laughs) Long pants. Living conditions are basic but comfortable, but there is limited power and no running water or internet access, which means very minimal communication to the outside world. Well, that I like it right now. Well, I no like it internet. Right what else are you going to do except for count penguins? If I you mean, want to. <laughs> 
there's no sheep there, so I count like penguins a, to fall like asleep. It's like a YouTube channel in your window. It's, <laughs> there's another one. Right. If you want to take a shower or use a flushing toilet, you have to hope a visiting ship will let you use one. Well, that, is, that broke the deal right there, I guess, with me. International candidates can apply, but they must have the right to work in the United Kingdom, and those selected will have a week of training in Cambridge in October, right, to work in the United Kingdom, and that way you'll be able to do it. So I, I want to see a picture of the gift shop. I want to know what's in the gift shop. <laughs> and how many visitors do they get? Did, you know, you it's like, sell, I, I sold a stick of gum last wanna, week. <laughs> that's right. But how many penguins did you count? I got another news. How do you keep track? Did I already count you? Is it a computer Stop program? Moving. Did you use to count them or whatever? I don't, I don't know. know. And what if you lose count? <laughs> it's like, wait, oh. wait. One, two, <laughs> three. So, yeah. What about how many hatch in between from the when you start and when you end? Right, I'm just getting I'm just getting the flashes of the scene of the Batman Returns penguin, all the penguins they like the video. And they have distinguishing marks. How yeah. do you tell? Like, how do you know who's who? I don't. Did and you another, count that another, penguin? Another I penguin. don't know. Does it really? I, the, here's another news flash. The, we talked about some comic books selling uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I got this one now. Did you figure out which one that, that made this number one was sold this week? Take a stab at what superhero's number one comic book sold for a huge amount this week. Um, well, let me ask this question. It's Marvel. I'll say it's Marvel. Marvel. Is it something that would have been something that br- was brought into the consciousness lately because of the movies? Not lately, but it, but but his you know he, he the first he's appearance one of, the of Doctor Strange. It's not Doctor Strange. That's a good what guess. About though. Daredevil. Not Daredevil. 1941's Captain America comics number one. Wow. Sold a at a monumental price Thursday, becoming one of the world's most valuable comic books at Heritage Auction, which is based in Dallas. When Captain America throws his mighty shield. Now, like Superman and Spider-Man's debuts, Captain America sold for more than $3 million. It's the fourth highest auction price sold for a comic book this week. Captain America's debut comic, $3.12 million. The the comic was uh, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon's finest copy. And it's called, I know that they have a comic grading, but I'm not very familiar with it. But this sounds really good because I guess 10 is perfect. This was 9.4 near mint grade from the certified guaranteed company of this comic book. That, that basically means, means like brand new on the shelf. Really been taken care of over these years. It's the bidding started off at a million eight hundred twenty five thousand dollars. That's the starting bid. We couldn't even started it. So yeah, so well, that's great. Just gotta hope somebody else bids. Also, that. a copy of Fantastic Four's nineteen sixty one debut at Heritage Art Auction marked the first time the Marvel family surpassed the one million dollar mark. Well, that's great with with Fantastic Four on the horizon with the MCU. That's great, too. And they are the first family of Marvel. I like them called that. The Fantastic Four, starring Reed Richards, Stu Richards, Johnny Storm, Ben Grimm. Reed Richards with his power to stretch. The thing with the strength of a thousand men. Johnny, Turn after these announcements. 
for basket, and bandit, and ball, and various other things here on a wall, such as books, and bananas, and a bongo to beat, a bubble, a beetle, and biscuits to eat, and banjo, and birdie, and bottles of wine, and boxes, and berries, all in a line. But B is for boy with a baseball and bat, who with one mighty blow knocks everything flat. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here. Momentarily, just a little hiccup there while we uh, gather Look, our it's a chance for everybody to catch their breath. I slipped on a banana peel and <laughs> hit a button. I didn't mean to do that. I want to remind everybody that if you check flashbackcinema.com, you're going to be able to see some movies coming out, some classic movies, older movies, which is great, April 17th and Wednesday, April the 20th, Rear Window from Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred. And uh, Jimmy Stewart. That's right. Jimmy Stewart is in that. Oh. Uh, Fathom Events has also got some movies coming out, too. Smokey and the Bandits, 45th anniversary. Sunday, May 29th, Wednesday, June the 1st, and Thursday, June the 2nd. You'll be able to catch uh, that bandit now that would <laughs> running be awesome with the snowman. That scumbum. That scumbum. Right. No, it won't be the scumbum. <laughs> it won't be the scumbum. <laughs> that one. So, yes, yeah, so you'll be able to see that. Uh, again, one of my, uh, probably my second favorite film from 1977, Smokey and the Bandit. At least it was my first favorite for a lot of the year until another movie came along later in the year. can't remember what that what was the I, I movie I'm talking about. Uh, What's well, another it was chase long... movie, sort of? <laughs> With authorities after someone running with something, yeah. It was a long time ago. Which was very, yes, in a in a 18-wheeler far, far away. <laughs> so, yeah, in theaters September 4th, September 5th, and Thursday, September 8th, the 40th anniversary of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, will be out in theaters from years. Fathom Events, which is going to be great. 40 years. See, 40 I don't years. like saying that. I, I don't mind going to see it again. But I don't like saying 40. Some of these kids today, I tell them, I got underwear older than you. Because <laughs> I can say that was one of the first movies my brother and I were allowed to see by ourselves at the movie theater with Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. Hey, Mom dropped you off to see Star Trek That was the only movie that I ever cut in line for. Really? Oh, yeah. You cut in line for the Wrath of Khan? Yes, I did. Really? So I was walking down the line with someone around the corner, watching? and a friend of mine said, hey, come on in. Jump the line. Oh, but he let you in, so that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah still. You just jumped in front of somebody. But there, you know? I got some angry looks. Yeah. <laughs> no, after uh, the, the way my parents were received the movie, the first one, they were like, we are never seeing another Star Trek movie again. Well, speaking of the first one, <laughs> Star Trek the motion picture, some people call it the motionless picture, but I don't agree with that. I actually always liked the first Star Trek film. It's the reason we have all the others, really. 
early because uh, it was successful. That's been remastered in 4K. I think it premiered on Paramount Plus this past Wednesday. Uh, I'm not going to watch it on there because, number one, there's a reason. I don't have Paramount Plus. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the main reason. That, that would be a I don't one. have that. But, number two, I don't have a 4K system at home, I don't th- so I don't think I'd be able to see it in 4K, even though it's probably going to look great anyway. I'm going to see it. A ticket's go on sale, I think, in just another week or so. It's going to be released in the theater next month. So I'm going to see it on the big screen remastered and and listen this is just not the director's cut that came out on dvd this is that plus it has extra scenes in it that we've never seen before it has i understand it's got alternate takes it's got cleaned up effects that they took they went back and took the complete negative of the film from paramount let them have it and they took a complete new lovely negative of the film print of it and and mixed it from it did a whole new dolby atmos sound mix to it it's going to be a Mm. completely different experience it's going to they're they're saying it's going to have the look and the feel of a movie released today not in 1979 because even if you just clean up a print i always like that movie yeah i did too it is a good movie i didn't appreciate it when i was a kid seeing it but and when i was when i was younger i didn't know this did you know the entire movie of star trek the motion picture due to i don't know things that were going on on the on the set and all the special effects and one way or the other some movies were done this way the entire film of star trek the motion picture is looped they had to go back and do all the dialogue in the studio for every for the entire film that i was not aware they, of. they didn't capture a lot of audio of them talking on the set they have gone back and, and fixed that now and a lot of and, and even if you watch it again a lot of it's going to be the original dialogue spoken on the set that they they located the sound of redid that and mixed it together i've heard a lot about this and a lot of people have seen it in la already a lot of people on social media who are in the know there they live there they do a lot of these uh, reviews and stuff and they went to see it and they said it if you've seen it before if you saw the theatrical film and even the director's cut on dvd you haven't seen it you need to go see it again and see this version so and it's actually shorter I mean, sometimes director's cuts are longer. Right. You know, they get to put scenes in back in. Well, Robert Wise never got a preview audience for Star Trek The Motion Picture. He never got to preview it for anybody. It just got done, and they rushed it off and released it because they had to meet their release date, and they never got to look at it. So I understand the guy who supervised this, he said, Robert Wise told me before he died, if if I can go back and mix this together and make it worthy for a theatrical release and clean it up and make it look great, please do it. And he goes, I'm so glad I got to do it. Awesome. for himself that's going to be great and he's the legendary director robert wise i mean sound of music day the earth stood still the andromeda strain are um, you going to want some uh, company during this or is this something you have to do alone who me going to need a minute or two alone boys yeah. <laughs> I, might, I might need to be off by myself for a little while i'm ta- i'm planning on taking a lobster bib with me and some diapers <laughs> so i won't have to go to the bathroom <laughs> but it's I mean, still going to be probably two hours carry long. out if there's tears uh, I'll, you, I'll you guys want to go that's fine i mean that's all right I might have to sit over in the back or something by myself. Don't touch me. But I'm actually looking forward to it because I like seeing something I'm used to and see completely different and better. You know, I'm like, oh. I'm, no. I'm actually looking forward to that. Like, I so, actually I actually did like the when they did that with Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. When they well, took you, off the voiceovers, they did a really nice the job. The final you, cut um, is the movie to watch. You, you missed Blade Runner. It was out March 27th and March 30th through flashback cinema in the theaters, too, the final cut. Yeah, they so played I'm looking that forward the to this too, version so. of Star Trek. And, hey, one more. A 40th anniversary on September 25th, 26th, and 28th. That's a Monday. That's a, I'm sorry, Sunday, Monday, and a Wednesday. The 40th anniversary of Poltergeist mm-hmm. to be in the theater, too. Awesome. And I understand that's going to be a remastered copy of that movie, too. And then Alan and I were talking about, oh, you'll be real, maybe really be able to hear the sound work in the theater on that, too, which there's a lot of spooky noises. Right, because I, I never appreciated that movie until they at least re-released it, what, maybe 20 years ago in 5.1 surround. Right. 
If if they were to update it to an Atmos, it's already got one of the creepiest sound designs that you probably and, missed if you only saw it on a, well, first on your console TV with the one speaker. Which, which has a speaker which is about a, an inch and a half in diameter what was, yeah. speaker. What was your scene in Poltergeist that set you off? Because I have the one scene in my head. Scary well, like, scene it, depending when, like as a kid or as an adult. As a actually, kid, as a kid, it, you're like, oh, that's too. Oh, much. the guy tearing his face apart. That, that's that's second for me. Like when I saw it, I was like, oh, the, yeah, the, the, the tearing the, the face off because to, to me, I couldn't handle it. The counter was I couldn't take the. <laughs> that meat was right before. That. that was right beforehand. <laughs> yeah. so leading up to that, the yeah. meat was tearing itself up before the meat yeah. bag tear, tore itself. Now, apart. as a kid, I was very creeped out. Like if I fell into a pool of water and skeleton dead bodies started something popping up, I think anybody would have a problem. That would really. I don't know. I know some couple Aunt people. Carol? <laughs> I know a couple of people that wouldn't. <laughs> but I'm like, okay. I don't yeah, talk to them very often. But you know, often, uh, but, uh, from, yeah. from having done the behind the scenes, you realize it was cheaper to get actual cadavers donated. And those were yeah. real skeletons. And in Joe the Beth Williams they were not. Yeah, yeah, they didn't tell the they didn't tell the actors. Joe Beth Williams didn't really like that. They were real donated <laughs> skeletons. Yeah, that. that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. It was just at the time. It was a different time in Hollywood. It was just cheaper. Well, you know, look, like we got all these skeletons. Got a lot of them. What should we do with it? <laughs> I got a movie I'm doing. I got an I, idea. Right. Cheaper than casting them all, make them all right. look like they're that's normal. A movie that and we can let Thomas watch. He can watch once, once again, it's amazing. Once again, another to me is should have won an Academy Award for his score to Poltergeist because, to me, without the music, Poltergeist is, would be missing half of the scariness, I think, in the personality. I think a lot of those really, films, though, the, the key thing was the music in the background. It's really awesome. The other thing that you're going to find out uh, about the motion picture is uh, Star Trek motion picture, and I think Sean has this as the ringtone for me. Do you still have the V'ger noise when I call you on the phone? I do. You do? <laughs> that's your that's my personal ringtone. It's the V'ger cloud sound yeah, before it's, he it's, did destroy it's, the Klingons. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird <laughs> Noise. Let me see if I can pull it up here because I think people have heard it before. It's a noise that had been used. It's the noise that my phone does that. I'm like, ah, it's Barry. It's a noise that the previous radio stations that no longer exist indicate where Barry has been <laughs> as he continues to make his way across the universe. Gaseous cloud. Just, just, suck just destroying everything in its wake. <laughs> you end up going through a tunnel and you see all these radio <laughs> stations. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. <laughs> We're bouncing back and forth. If you've not done this, or if you have, if you are a fan of Poltergeist, just try one time listening with really good earphones, or have a good surround sound. But you hear so many whispers and so many noises and oh. things that I never heard in the movies. Yeah, it's a creepy movie. The, the the just in general, just the you hear underneath everything. You got the music swelling. You've got the wind. You've got roaring. And all of a sudden, you hear. Come on, join us. Come join us. Come join. Come on down. And it's like, oh my god! It's like I never I heard that. that. Um, but I, did they get any kind of an Academy Award for their sound? I think that? they were nominated for special effects. I'll have to look it up because I can't remember. If but I don't know about sound design. I will tell you, as an adult, before we get to this, the part that's completely changed for me, having had kids, and one of my, my eldest daughter, um, Ashton, looked just like Carol Ann when she was five. Like she had the corn Straight silk hair, hair, you know, bangs. And when I rewatched Poltergeist in 5.1 as an adult, and I hear... Her screaming, get away from me, get away from me. And you hear the sound design of her running and then something thudding after her oh, from one the, side to the other. Stairs, yeah. That, as a parent, was now the chills. new moment where and I'm like, what would I have done yeah. if my kid was missing in some parallel and universe? Me, and me not having any kids at all, the horror film for me to watch that always scared the heck out of me was Kindergarten Cop with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. Is that really terrible. Like it would be? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, we talked we talked about it. Uh, the bla- it's called the blaster beam is the is the actual instrument that's used for that sound that Viger makes in Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Well, the sounds you hear, it's not that he makes it, but it's the musical it's the musical sound that's set to represent something Viger, and it's weird. And it so that's Quick. the Viger noise. That's the that cancel noise. Button. That's that's accomplished by strings and a gigantic long cylinder metal tube with with other. Uh, metal strings on top of it that's struck with a, uh, another piece of metal or these 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 large strings are twanged and pulled and they vibrate through this like 20 foot long metal tube that's, that that sound is made and it's used in a lot of other movies it, Craig Huxley actually invented that machine and Jerry Goldsmith employed him to, to help him out with the Star Trek movie and he was believe it or not Craig Huxley he was a kid in the episode Star Trek and the Children Shall Lead, he was the redheaded kid <laughs> in one of the Star Trek episodes. Well, that's not a that's not a good one to put on your. Well, list. he also I don't know if you remember the uh, you know James Horner did the music for the Wrath of Khan, but when Kirk is watching the the uh, the recorded message of how the Genesis planet, uh, Carol Marcus is telling him about. Yeah, here a little. Here's pitch. the recording of Genesis. Well, there's synthesizer music playing in the background as they're synthesizer noises as they're watching Genesis form in this documentary that Kirk mm-hmm. and Spock and McCoy are watching. Craig Huxley did the music for that too. So he's a talented guy. I've been thinking about trying to get a hold of him and getting him on the program sometimes. He's just one of those guys I'd like to talk to. It's BK on there. We're going to take a break but when we come back, uh, oh, it's top of the hour of the first hour. We're uh, trucking right along. We're going to have On This Day in History and I'll tell you about a catalog of movies that we're all fans of that looks like they're going. all of them are going to be available on Amazon Prime just in case you don't have them either downloaded or DVD copies or Blu-ray all- copies. All like of them, or only twenty-five? Uh, all, uh, not all of them, just twenty-five. Missing one? So, so missing two. Oh, two. Well, missing two unofficial ones. So that should give you a little hint hmm. of what they are. Well, that's hard, isn't it? <laughs> now you don't even know which ones they are. We can There, we'll find out. We'll return after these messages. Explore the far reaches of the universe with the Starship Enterprise and Wendy's. Because right now, with the purchase of a Wendy's Fun Pack meal, you'll receive a free Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan movie poster. Imagine it. You get just the right size Wendy's hamburger, french fries, and soft drink or frosty, plus this exciting color wall poster free. So beam yourself to Wendy's for a Fun Pack meal that's truly out of this world. But be careful. The Wrath of Khan awaits you. What do kids say when they're hungry at noon? Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. What do kids say when they pick up a spoon? Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. What do kids say when they want to eat soon? Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Serve Franco-American SpaghettiOs with meatballs or sliced franks. The neat brown spaghetti you can eat with a spoon. Stand by to receive our transmission. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here having a wonderful time every Saturday. I'm glad everybody's out there joining me. You can hear me as a podcast. I turn into a podcast. Go to, oh, where can you find it now? I've got so many places. YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Podomatic. I mean, you just search for BK on the air uh, podcast and you'll find it out there. Let's do law on this day in history. Find out what happened on this day in history. What's today? Oh, it's April the 9th is today. On this day in history, 1872, Samuel R. Percy patents dry milk 
on this day in history. Hey, don't laugh. I just included that because there's not a lot of them on here today <laughs> from this day in history. There's there's other music and stuff and birthdays, but it, there's not a lot of things happening. One, one of the top items is dried milk. Dried milk is important. Hey, I've, powdered I've milk. Before. What would we do if we had to go on a long trip? You gotta uh, have powdered milk. Take a six pack of diet coke with me. Is probably what I do. <laughs> take a powdered milk. Powdered milk. You don't like, it's like no, powdered milk like and instant powder. potatoes. Mm, You're yeah. good I'm, to go. I've had instant potatoes here, though. Here's some so. powdered milk. <laughs> but you don't get any <laughs> water. No, no water. Just, just <laughs> eat it with a spoon. <laughs> you get more nutrients that <laughs> way. <laughs> Kind of mm, a little chewy. 1950 on this day, Bob Hope's first appearance on television on this day in history. 1959 on this day, NASA names its first seven astronauts for Project Mercury on awesome. this day in history in 1959. They're already getting ready to, to send some guys up into space. And today in 1969, on this day in history, April 9th, the first flight of the Concorde 002 flight was on this day from Filton to Bristol. Let's do a little music on this day in history with the top 10 the top 10 number one oh, top 10 hits on in April 40 years ago. Of, of 82. On this day in history in 1982. Uh, number 10. Hmm. Do You Believe in Love by Huey Lewis and the News. Remember oh, that song? That's a good song. It's number good. 9. Key Largo by Bertie Higgins. Yeah. Sailing away in Key Largo. I remember that song. <laughs> number 8. That no. Girl by Stevie Wonder. Uh, I think mm. I remember that one, yeah. Uh, number seven, Journey had the number seven song Anything in 1982. Journey. Rock on. 40 years ago. Anybody want to take a guess what Journey song was number seven? 82. 82. Is it, uh, That's it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of the name. Well, can you sing a little From bit of it? From the Frontiers album. Can you sing be, a little, how does it go? Can you sing the, a little bit of it? The one they air guitar through the yeah. video. Well, the air doesn't uh, work on no, radio, so you doesn't. have to sing some of it. What how the heck is the name go? of that song? How does it go? Well, I tune. I'm the tune to it. If if I could, <laughs> I love making him. I love making his ears go red. It's so fun. How can you tell he's got a head? It's on. it's it's open arms. Open, open arms. Oh no, I open arms. Oh, See, it wasn't even the one you're thinking of anyway. So from heavy metal. Let's go to number six. Rick Springfield had the number six spot. What do you, the song Jesse's you think? Jesse's girl. No, not Jesse's girl. But I think it's from the same album though. Uh, I think this song is a hit by somebody else you like, but it's the same title of a song that you, that's done by another group that you like. Okay. Didn't didn't another group that you like do a song called uh, Don't Talk to Strangers? Not that I'm aware of, but I, I know thought, that song. I, I thought there was a Rick Springfield song that was done by another group. Don't Talk to Strangers was the, and remember that, uh, unless... I've uh, never met a stranger. Like, you, like, like Archie... <laughs> hey... Like Archie Bunker told his little niece, don't talk to strangers unless you know them very well. You did that very well. <laughs> number five. There's a lot, there's a lot, lot to d- unpack no, in that. Number five, uh, O.N.J., Olivia Newton-John. Olivia Newton-John, who's still looks great, physical? by the way. No, it's not getting physical, but it's the number five song. Xanadu. One of her lesser-known hits. Xanadu oh. is 1980. Make a Move on Me. Okay. I remember, I remember that song. That. And number four, Jay Giles has the number four spot in 1982, 40 Centerfold. years ago. See, you're all around them, but you don't get the actual song. It's the other big hit, <laughs> other than Centerfold. Other than Centerfold Think would camera. be uh, f- uh, Freeze Frame. Freeze Frame, yeah. Freeze Frame was number four. Vangelis, believe it or not, has the number three spot. Was it the soundtrack or the song to uh, Chariots of Chariots Fire? Chariots of Fire was number three. I hit one finally. You hit one. You might get the one of these one other The guys. torpedoes are getting closer to the midship. stole the Academy <laughs> Award from Raiders my battleship. of the Lost Ark. <laughs> uh, it was a good song. The Go-Go's had the number two song. On Go-Go's 82. Uh, vacation. Uh, we got the beat. We got the beat. Okay. Again, you, you get, you're, you're thinking all the big popular songs, and they may have been popular like the week before this, <laughs> month, month after that. And the number one song I've talked about what number one was 1982 over the past few weeks, but uh, we'll bring it up again. What was the number one song on this day in 1982? Forty years 
a go, 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 go. <laughs> we already had the go-go's. If you think about it, I love something. Rock and roll? Yep, I love rock Jet, and roll. Joan, Joan Jett and the Black Jet. Hearts. Number one, which like you said, still a good, still a good rock still and song. A great a song. People listen to that song, and it's pretty fun. Birthdays on this day, 1926. Hugh Hefner was born on this day in 1926. Huey? He passed away in 2017. I can't remember what magazine he was affiliated with. I wish I remember. Uh, 1932, Carl, playful. Carl Perkins was born. He was an American rockabilly singer and songwriter. He died in 1998. You know something about Carl Perkins? His big hit that he wrote that everyone loved was Blue Suede Shoes. 1935, does the name Avery Shriver ring a bell with you guys? Mm -mm. American comedian and actor. 1935, he was born. He died in 2002. Do you guys remember the Doritos commercials with the guy with the big bushy hair and the mustache and he'd crunch them? Yeah. He'd crunch the Doritos. That's Avery Shriver. He used to be on Match Game. He was one of those panelists that was on Match Game. He was one of those comedians in the 70s that was really big. He was born on this day in history. Today, Michael Learned was born. American actress. She was Olivia, Mrs. Walton and the Waltons. And she also had a TV show called Nurse that that didn't last very long on CBS, I think. But she played Mrs. Walton on I the Waltons. I remember her from Mrs. Walton. I think it's also the birthday of one of our favorite actors. I think I'm. You probably guys are biggest fan of Dennis Quaid as I am. I oh, love, yeah, love Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. It's his birthday today. And I just rewatched an older film from the '80s. Talking about the '80s now, I watched an old film with him the other day. I rewatched Enemy Mine the other day. It just great happened flick. to be streaming love somewhere. That's a great. And flick. I said that is a great movie. So great yeah. message, Gossett Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the alien, and, and, and one of Great my other favorites, makeup. which I don't know why nobody else likes it, but I loved Inner Space. Inner Space is good, it's really, a Joe really Dante good. movie, yeah, with uh, Martin it's a Short. A lot of fun. <laughs> That's my favorite Martin Short film. <laughs> is Inner Space? I, I love that. And uh, today is—I don't know why they call her an actress, but uh, she was born in 1990. But today is Kristen Stewart's birthday today, so uh, hopefully she will. Well, uh, she's getting a little bit better, but. You've had plenty of chances to hopefully do that. She's well, some people we don't just know if she's lucky. happy or not because if she's smiling or frowning, we don't really know what she's doing. So, <laughs> right, Today is National Former Prisoner of War Recognition Day. Let's uh, all remember that. Today is National Name Yourself Day. Okay, self. Okay. All right. Funny. <laughs> That's great. Is that what you want to be known as other than Alan? And uh, today, is, today is National Unicorn Day. Oh, I like the unicorn. By the way, as well. I don't like where it gets... They, you know, preempted from, but I like the unicorn. I don't even know what that so means. Somewhere Greg Guffeld <laughs> is celebrating. <laughs> That's cool. It's Beaky on there. We're going to have more when we come back. Stay tuned. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Parker Brothers, Bonkers, Whitman, Funny, Twisted Track, and send you back when to go forward or forward to go back. The Bonkers board keeps changing with every single play. With Bonkers cards and Bonkers dice, it is not the singing twice. And you go back and forward faster in a bunker kind of fun. And you're certain that you're losing, but suddenly you won. Bunker is fun. Bunker is nice. Bunker is never the same game twice. Bunkers from Parker Brothers. Munch a bunch of munch a bunch of munch a bunch of munch a bunch of free toast go with lunch. Nothing gives your old lunch new life like Fritos brand corn chips. So munchy, so full of good corn taste. Fritos corn chips make lunch munch better.
Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here. I got another story here I want to do from Fox News. Squeeze this in. I should, should have done this as a news flash, but I just thought it was cool. Uh, that's not true. I just forgot I had it. Uh, from <laughs> Julia Must- Musto and Fox News. NASA's Hubble Space Telescope spots the farthest star we've ever seen. This came out this week, and I thought it was fascinating. Uh, the Hubble Space uh, Telescope has detected light of the farthest individual star ever seen to date. NASA said the previous single star record holder was detected by the telescope in 2018. That star existed when the universe was about 4 billion years old during the redshift, as they call it. Redshift refers to the light from distant objects traveling toward Earth that is stretched or shifted to longer, redder wavelengths as the universe expands. As the universe expands. The star is so far away that its light has taken 12.9 billion years to reach Earth, and it, it looks as when the universe was at redshift 6.2 or 7% of its current age. Now, Sean, you being the <laughs> science guy that you are, that's got to be fascinating to you, too. The fact that they're actually able to take a picture of something that's 13 billion years old is amazing. Quote, we almost didn't believe it at first. It was so much farther than the previous most distant highest redshift star. Brian Welch, John Hopkins University astronomer and lead author of the paper describing the discovery, said in a statement... The discovery was made from data collecting uh, data collected during Hubble's relics. That's the Reionization Lensing Cluster Survey Program. There's an acronym for everything. After studying the galaxy in detail, Welch determined that one feature is an extremely magnified star called Arendelle or Morning Star in Old English. So there you go. That that light took quite a. It's while a neat to picture too. It's a whole. They arc really of... called it the light of Arendelle. They did. Lord yeah. of the Rings. There you go. Like that. That's Evening kind star. of. Uh, that's kind of cool. May it be a brightness to you when all other lights fail. So Hubble is still producing. Yeah, something's working still. <laughs> it's still working. And I think the uh, what's what's the thing on Mars right now? Is it the rover or the curiosity? What's it called? The Mars curiosity. The curiosity is that the one that's up there on Mars? It caught its a picture of its own parachute or something the other day. It's uh, like they, oh, they've that's taken, where I, they've taken. That's pictures where I of landed. The orbiters, they actually take pictures of I'm all the I'm just wondering what they haven't shown up there that they're not telling us. What's up there that they haven't? The guy uh, with the little, you know, <laughs> The guy with helmet. the Illudium P-38 space <laughs> modulator. Either that or, or <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie Cox lying out there. Ronnie Cox lying out there on the ground with his eyes bulged out, just lying Shit. dead. from Total from, recall. Uh, total recall. What if it's a dream? <laughs> I'm going to blow up the Earth. <laughs> okay. By the way, that was the worst scene in uh, in Total Recall because it, it was a cool scene. But what I hated about it is, uh, oh, they went out and their their eyes started to come out too. But once the atmosphere went out, they were okay at that point. Well, ah. They weren't even hurt <laughs> because those stretch marks went right away. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, I, t- I told you guys earlier that there's a catalog of movies coming to Amazon Prime in April, and Alan, pretty easy for Alan to guess what it was. This is from Empire.com. When Amazon's acquisition of MGM was confirmed, it didn't take someone with a double O status to realize what they'd want to take on the historic movie studio. Among all the IP included the deal was Rocky, Robocop, and most importantly, a slice of James Bond, although Eon still remains the overall producers of that franchise. While the first Amazon Bond project was revealed 
uh, recently to be um, massive globe-trotting game show. Did you hear guys hear about the James Bond game show coming out, the reality game show that's coming out? No. You didn't hear about that? Okay. I'll tell you about that later. It was recently revealed a, a massive globe-trotting game show in the works but long before the deal was struck. The thing Prime Video members will have been waiting for has now officially been announced. The entire canon <laughs> part <laughs> James Bond catalog is coming to Amazon streaming very soon. It's been revealed that the 25 central Bond movies will be coming to Prime Video for a limited time. The 15th of April, that's all of them, excluding the 1967 Casino Royale and 1983's Never Say Never Again with Sean Connery, neither of which were produced by Eon Productions and MGM. And yes, last year's No Time to Die is indeed included. Here's the official full list. So let's go through them. All in order, right quick, and I'll take a deep breath. <gasps> Dr. No, from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, Honor, Majesty, Secret Service, Diamonds Are Forever, Live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden Gun, The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, A View to a Kill, The Living Daylights, License to Kill, Golden Eye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, Die Another Day, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and No Time to Die. So there you go. James Bond movies. Official Eon James Bond movies, which I think Never Say Never Again should just be in there. Because to me, it's just a movie about an older Bond just going to try to get back in shape again. And it's a remake of Thunderball, basically, is all it is. I haven't so. seen Her Majesty's Secret Service in a while. That one would be worth rewatching. Yes, I've, uh, I've I've grown fond of Her Majesty's Secret Service. And a lot of other fans have, too. And they appreciate the, the story is really great. Everything's about it is good, except maybe George Lazenby's performance. Except but for it's, Bond. But it's actually, <laughs> but I, I can appreciate a movie in that sense. Some people can't do that, nope. but that's okay. That would be me. And I would. Oh, I, was, I was speaking of my. I was speaking of my wife. I forgot. Uh, I, no. I forgot you were there. No. <laughs> The only so, good line in that whole movie is in the beginning when he goes, this I, never happens to the other guy. I do like the ability that Sean and I have, and I know Sean does too, to appreciate a good B movie. A B I, movie. My you know? favorite movies are the ones that everybody's like, eh, I didn't like it. Yeah. Like, I, I just loved it. I, lo I love being able to do that. Now, my wife, on the other hand, if it's not Academy Award caliber, she really doesn't can't get into it and like well, it. Well, obviously, like, well, except on. for marriage, she has very high standards. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I told you over and over again, I never, ever let her go change her prescription for her uh, her, her contact <laughs> her, lenses. Yeah, keep her on the Olympia. No, honey, you don't need to change them. Just leave them the way they are. Just goes to show if you hit them in the back of the head hard enough, they'll buy anything. Because when, <laughs> when she hasn't got glasses or contact lenses on, she can't see anything. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny. And I forget that they're not. She didn't have men at night when we're when we're sitting in the living room, you know, and it's, the, the evening's winding down. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Do you know who that guy is in that movie? And she looks, she goes, honey, you know that the TV screen right now just looks like a blob. <laughs> like, I forgot. I'm sorry because your contacts are not in. Kind of hope she's not listening right now, but we know she is. This is when she decided to. We know she's to. listening right this like, second. I might as well just fact, tune me, in for the last few minutes. No, there's no text. There's no text. Oh, she's furiously typing still, right now. <laughs> I still have, I can still be on the radio still, at least okay. for right now. For now. So, that's great. So I'm happy the Bond movies are coming. We've always been James Bond fans. I mean, one way or the other, like or dislike certain guys that played James Bond. I did not care at all for the last one with Daniel Craig. Everybody, Sean I mean, Connery, just, Roger just, Moore, don't need anything else. But, uh, with the exception of I like Timothy, but he was a little uh, bit too violent. I, I liked oh, I, I always thought all, everyone brought something to the table with Bond. E even to a certain extent, even though he may be... And again, we're all, are we counting Lazenby? No, we'll just leave him off the list. Uh, my least favorite person to portray Bond, maybe other than George Lazenby and the ones that aren't canon, is Daniel Craig. I mean, Daniel Craig's a fine actor in other things, but his portrayal of Bond just I never just caught on with me. I just don't think he's Bond. Yeah, I just, it's never caught on with me.
Craig. So, uh, is anybody in the room that likes Daniel Craig as Bond? I do. Daniel oh, Craig. okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Daniel. Craig. I don't think he's, he's the there. best of the best. I <laughs> no, he's not it, the best. But. I thought they they learned their lesson after the Pierce Brosnan and Timothy Dalton. Like they wanted to go for a completely different look, a completely different style of Bond. And you have to applaud them for that because they needed to do something. They're like, yeah. well, we, we can't just do what we've been doing. We got to try something. Sometimes you try something different. And I still think Skyfall happens. is the best of all of those new Bonds. I still like that as a standalone. Well, I love that movie so much. Well, they've certainly been successful, and that's all they're going to look at is like, hey, these are these are well, greatly successful. Yeah. So, uh, I was like, Quantum of Solace is probably the weakest of them. I think that's the one I think is the weakest. I yeah. don't know why. And even now, when you watch it it's, together with them, I'm like, it's, it's better still the if you one. watch it in order very quickly. If you watch Casino Royale and then immediately watch Quantum of Solace and then Skyfall, you're like, okay, you're kind of bridging that middle part of the story. But it's the weakest still. What I didn't like about Quantum of Solace was the editing of the film. It's the most, it's the it's most also frantically. The shortest, isn't it? I think it's short, but it's the most frantically edited out of all the films. The average shot time of, of that means a shot, an establishing shot in that film is, I think, three and a half seconds long. There's not a shot jump, in jump, that jump, film that's jump, longer jump. than three and a half seconds, and it was it's just edited in a at a at a fever pitch pace that it just made, it made me just di- I was dizzying in the theater to watch it. I'm like, man, I just can't. Even the dialogue scenes, they were never on anybody, f- camera wise, for more than like three seconds at a time. I mean, it was just less like this through the whole film. And I guess that was they made an effort to do that, and I guess that was their director's decision or the editor's decision. But I didn't like it, and it's not the best story out of all the Craig's. <laughs> No. Uh, bonds either. So uh, to me, Roger Moore and uh, and Sean Connery, Roger Moore was basically our generation's James Bond. He's the one that was the most Bond in the 70s. I still think, I don't think anybody's any past, Craig passed him years-wise. I think Daniel Craig has played James Bond the most years, if you count just years from when he started to the last film he was in, because there was big gaps right. in of between. years in between. But, not but I still movies. think Roger Moore Roger's has made more that. James Bond movies total. So. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot more respect and love over the years. I got a little bit more for Moonraker. I've always thought, and people hated Moonraker for years. And now when you watch well, Moonraker, you, you it's believable. You can't watch those movies thinking, oh, this is something that would have really happened. Well, It's but, just fun. Well, but at, the time, but at the time, we didn't really have the space shuttle in, in place in 1979. It was still being talked about. You know, we didn't have, yeah. we wouldn't have the first shuttle launch until 1981. And people were like, oh, yeah, space station, space shuttles, right? This is just really over the top. You're only making this because of Star Wars. I'm like, true, that's why they made Moonraker was because of Star Wars. But now, you know, we have, we've had a couple of space stations since then, or, or one big one. Well, you know, and when the you space shuttle movies, program has come and gone. Future, like we were talking earlier about Parasite, when I watched that last mm-hmm. night, the guy stops to get gas and he moves out of the way and you can see the sign back there with the prices. And like unleaded regular was forty dollars oh, a gallon, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this was taken during the Biden administration." That <laughs> That's terrible. But anyway, James I Bond. I did that. <laughs> love him or hate him, James Bond. We, uh, I actually love James Bond. I thought he was probably one of the. I guess if you have to say, he the most successful movie series in history. It's certainly one of the longest ones. If you want to talk as a single character, might be successful. Single character, yeah. I'm just talking about movie series. I mean, it's the longest. I can't think of another film series that has ran as long as James Bond. Started in '64. In terms of movies, Star Trek is pretty long. Oh, well, uh, yeah, but it's not as old as James Bond. But not if you count just TV. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Movies. TV and movies. And James Bond's always in the film. It's certainly one of the most successful as far as money. Speak on there. We'll be back. We will return after these messages. The Micro Machine Man here presenting the genuine, original, colossally collectible, most midget miniature episodes of the real things. 
Micro Machines. Dramatically detailed, stupendously styled, smaller than a nut, this one or this one. And now with a totally terrific town, the new Micro Machines Super City Toolbox playset. Closed, it's a mild matter toolbox. Open, it's a Micro Machine USA. Cruise your mini Micro Machine vehicles, planes and boats to the police station, the marina, the mini motorcycle repair shop, the gas station, the construction office, work, the real working drawbridge, highway, passenger ramp, and garage doors. Or take a Micro Machine flying machine in for a landing. Phew, this place has it all. The new Micro Machines Super City Toolbox playset from Galoo. The one and only outrageous original miniatures. Remember, if it doesn't say Micro Machines, it's not the real. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next half hour. It's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the air on AM 1450 FM 100.3 and online using the TuneIn Radio app. That's right. Download that free TuneIn app at Radio Garden. And if you're nowhere near the station, you can hear us live here at WBHF every Saturday from 10 a.m. till noon Eastern. I'll keep you entertained one way or the other. Either you're yelling at me or agreeing with me or or whatever. You got gas or whatever. I don't care what you got. <laughs> Any kind of reaction. Uh, that's good. That's right. So it's MeTV.com quiz time. Sometimes we pull up MeTV and do a quiz, and today I thought I'd do one. And, but I have to find one where I'm like, they're not too intricate. But this was pretty interesting. And like I say before, I take these quizzes the night before, then I give them to Alan or you guys the next on Saturday and just to see if you guys do that. No, I laughed last night too when I took this one. Here's this quiz from MeTV.com. Were these gadgets that I'm going to list used by Batman or Wild E. Coyote, super <laughs> genius? <laughs> this is right this down is our alley. Good. And I think this well, is honestly, good. there's going to be a lot of combinations. Acne. Right. Now, think. Now, think about it. We're talking about Batman from the 60s television show, if he used these gadgets oh, or not. Did he so have gotta, Acme gear, too? So you've got a choice here. Inspired <laughs> by the many bat gadgets in the comics, each screen iteration of the Cape Crusader has had his favorite fr- crime-fighting tool. While recent movies have strived for realism and grit, the 60s Batman series starring Adam West stayed true to the source material with a dash of tongue-in-cheek parody, uh, in, utilizing dozens good of Adam bat-branded West. devices. I can do Adam West, but I can't do Leonard Nimoy. Who can? Right. We've talked about that. that Nobody good. Does. In the world of Looney Tunes, Wild E. Coyote, super genius, also used a wide array of contraptions thanks to frequent deliveries from what company? Acme. Acme. Some of them he designed himself. Others came fully formed. We've taken the bat branding and Acme signifiers of the off these gizmos and accessories and computerized machines. Can you tell who used each one? That's right. So any labels that were on these devices, you can't look at it until they're manufactured. You're just going to have to guess. So okay. I'm going to take it. Now, we can alternate now, here, is Sean. Picture, can do or is it like no, it's names? just I'm going to give you the name of the of the item. But do you have a picture? And your own. Your own but no, do you have no picture. picture. That's no going to kill it. <laughs> uh, the only choice you have here is Batman or Wile E. Coyote. And we can go back and forth. You guys can corroborate and, and come up with an answer. This Number one. Rocket-powered roller skates. Would that be Batman or Wild Coyote? Coyote. Okay, let's see. You are correct. All right, that was number one. Uh, Number two, universal antidote pills. That would be Uh, Batman. Batman. That would be Batman. You are correct. Unless unless the Roadrunner poisoned him at some point. I don't know why he'd need those. Right. Number three, large magnifying lens. That be Batman or Wild E. Coyote? I know Batman had one. Well, in they the both cave. used it. You know, you can't talk amongst yourselves before you answer the question. We are talking amongst ourselves. It makes it interesting. Batman versus... had one in the Batcave because I remember. Right. The he says Batman. We'll go with Batman. Now, some, now some of the, now some of the, some of these, they may have, but one had or both had that you the don't know. The Coyote himself. used but, one but to light his own fuse. Yeah. On the rocket, he was on. Which, <laughs> so what is our answer on well, that one? Sean said Batman first. We'll go with Batman. Batman. That's correct, Batman. So there you go. I felt better about your guess 
Number four, Instant Icicle Maker. Is that Batman or Y.O.E. Coyote? That's got to be Batman. That's got it. With Mr. Freeze? But right. Batman wouldn't have used it, so maybe we should go oh, with Y.O.E. So Coyote. So which one, which one like is he's it? trying to freeze the Roadrunner to slow down. Maker, but making an icicle. How would that slow? <laughs> it's not making an ice patch. Hmm. Having a discussion. I, I know. This cool. is great. I like this. There's a good uh, well, what do you feel? What, were, you, were you stronger? I'm, I'm going Wiley Coyote. Okay, Wiley Coyote. Okay, Wiley Coyote. That's correct. You guys got that one, so you really think. That's uh, why the second finger went. You wingled? What's wingled? a wingle? Wingled. Wingled. <laughs> Alan makes up. You're in radio, aren't you? He wakes up yeah. words sometimes. Yeah, it's time in radio. By the way, you've gotten every one of them right so far. Of course we have. Thus far. That just means the Together, higher up you go. we are formidable. The, the, we, are, <laughs> we have one maybe whole brain. That, that just means the first one you miss, you're just going to feel really bad. So. Chemical that makes metal 20 times heavier. A chemical that makes metal 20 times heavier. Was that Batman, Batman or Wiley Coyote? God. Batman. I'm Batman. Saying. I'll go with Batman. It's too It's too specific. Right. So you say Batman? Batman. Okay, Batman. All right. Correct. You're still batting. You're still batting. <laughs> batting? A thousand. Uh, batty, batty, batty. Uh, okay, here's number six. I don't know how many of these are, but that's cool. Number six, green Batman costume. Who used a green? Well, oh, that was Wiley Coyote. Because he was flying and he ran into the side of the cliff. Are you sure <laughs> it's green? Are you sure he off? used a green one in, an, in um, his thing? It's Wiley Coyote. It's Wiley Coyote. How percentage wise are you sure that it's him? 100%. Oh, so you're going with 100% sure. Mm -hmm. You're 100% correct. All right. There you I go. remember because he was so happy because he was almost going to crash and, he, and it, he comes up from the bottom. He's like, look at me. <laughs> and I do remember the stays in the wings that are all bent. <laughs> yes, when he, hits the, when he hits the side of the cliff and he falls off and his wings got stuck behind and so he's like <laughs> flapping and there's no, there's no material left. We've, we've all been there before. Yes, that's, uh, that's my merit. The entice. <laughs> What do you think I was talking about? The in Indestructo Steel Ball. Who used that? Batman or Wiley e. Coyote? Or where was that? With, uh, with Batman, be Batman, Batman or Wiley e. Coyote? I was going to say Wiley e. Coyote on that one. No, are we split? Are uh -oh. we split on this one? Indestructible Steel Ball? I think it's Batman. Okay. You sure? Or is that what you agree? I'm going to go Wiley e. Coyote on that. Oh, wow. So we'll see who messed yeah. up our first. This is going to be someone messed up the winning streak here. Right. But I don't know who to go with here. So uh, I don't we'll, know which one to we'll choose. We'll know either way. All right. Well, all right. And you, Alan, you say Batman? That's what I said. You say Wiley e. Coyote, Sean? Yeah. All right. Well, Sean's our guest today. We'll go with Sean okay. just to see. Oh, good thing I did because it was Wiley Coyote. Was oh, good. So, so we're go. still perfect. Whew. Besides the one Alan. Besides the one I missed. <laughs> got wrong. But. That's all that counts because it's tallying the score right here. The next item up for bids <laughs> on the Price is Right: flying sky riding drone. A flying sky riding drone. Who well, used that? Batman, Batman or Wild E Coyote? I'll have to go with Batman on that too. You are correct, Batman. There you go. And uh, a bazooka. I could see, see the message. A bazooka. That's Batman Coyote. or Wiley Coyote? Batman, Wiley Coyote. Batman would not use a bazooka. I'm going to have to go with Ooh, Wiley Coyote. And did we chose Wiley Coyote? Yes. yes. It was Batman. There's the first wrong answer right there. Uh, That's bazooka. the first wrong answer. When did yep. he use when, a bazooka? Yeah. He used a bazooka. I think it's yep. wrong. I don't I don't Now, don't make me tech. check it, and, you, and now, you're really wrong. Now, I remember really Batman's Batmobile don't do being that. hit by a bazooka, and, and then there was a uh, skeleton. Number 10, a gift packaging machine. A gift Packaging and machine. Wiley e. Coyote. Uh, what do you say, Alan? Alan? Oh, we'll go with Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah, what you say, Sean? Yeah. Wiley e. Coyote. That's correct. All right, we're back on track here. Uh, number 11, radioactive pellets. 
Batman. Radioactive pellets. Everything is radioactive. Bat Batman. Batman. Yeah. But you saying Batman? Everybody? Okay. I'm going to go with Batman. All right. Batman is correct. There we go. Keep trucking. Because he would have the truck. Oh, here's the last one. Here's the last one. Univac electronic brain. Batman. That's Batman. Univac electronic brain. Batman. Batman. Drum roll. Oh, that is incorrect. That was Wild E. Coyote that used the Uni Uni okay. electronic brain. So we got a couple. Right, how did you score? You got two, right? ten out of twelve. Holy flying coyote, uh, coyote Batman. Did coyote? you get a ho holy flying peyote, Batman? <laughs> is that like a wangle? Did you get a high <laughs> score, or could you have used a universal bat answer analyzer? So that's not bad. Ten out of twelve. That's not bad. Trying not to remember bad. both those shows. And all those items. So. It is funny how you I, could talk yourself into it. it could have been either. I need to see the bazooka. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I want to know when did Batman choose to use a for, uh, a weapon of mass destruction? We loved using the MeTV quizzes. You want to go to MeTV and check it's out the, the quizzes? Batter, bat boomerang. You can bat go to MeTV.com and check them out. If you'd like to come to the studio out here in Hollywood and see Max Game in person, we'd love to meet you, so write to us. And close us out with our stamp envelope, mail your tickets, Max Game, CBS Television City, at 7800 Beverly Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 90036. We're back. Speaking on there, in case you just want tickets there, we'll just tell you how to buy tickets. If you want to buy tickets to Speaking on there, you don't have to. Just come down here to the Studio 7 North Wall Street and stand out front and watch us through the window. A lot of people do. Yeah, they do, don't they? Give us messages. They're easily code. They don't, give us code. Don't feed the radio stars. They give us gang <laughs> signs. They hold up fingers. Sometimes they disrobe, and that's great. always really scary. <laughs> you guys remember it's the always the wrong people. You guys like goldfish crackers? Yes. I mean, I mean, consumes any, his weight in goldfish. Put anything crackers. with cheddar on it: cracker, cheese it. Uh, uh, What's the other one? Cheese it. What's the other one? Uh, there's two different brands, but they're little, little square cat crackers. If they have cheddar on them, I'll eat them. I'm going to give some fascinating facts about goldfish crackers, thanks to MeTV, when we come back. It's BK on there. I, now I want to get a, a box of them on the way home. In Japan, the hand can be used like a knife. But this method doesn't work with a tomato. That's why we use the Ginsu. It's a knife that no kitchen should be without. The Ginsu can cut a slice of bread so thin you can almost see through it. It cuts meat better than an electric knife and goes through frozen food as though it were melted butter. The Ginsu is so sharp it can cut through a tin can and still slice a tomato like this. It can chop wood and still remain razor sharp. What's more, it's a knife that will last forever. You get the Ginsu knife, the matching carving fork, the versatile six-in-one kitchen tool, a set of six steak knives, and the spiral slicer. You get them all, guaranteed in writing for 50 years, for only $9.95. It's the most incredible knife offer ever. Here's how to order. Call toll-free 1-800-835-2246 or save COD charges by sending $9.95 to Ginsu, Box 6688, Chicago. You get the Gensu knife, matching carving fork, six-in-one kitchen tools, six steak knives, and spiral slicer. This is the original Gensu, the only knife offer with a 50-year guarantee. Don't accept imitations. Order now. Come on, you guys. The sun's already up. It's going to be a golden day. Let's see. Oh, those golden grahams. Oh, those golden grahams. Crispy, crunchy graham cereal family breakfast treat. Oh, those golden grahams. It's a great tasting part of a complete breakfast for the whole family. Try those golden grains.
Then there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. me to introduce myself. My name is Wile E. Coyote. Genius. I am not selling anything, nor am I working my way through college. I, so let's get down to cases. You are a rabbit, and I am going to eat you for supper. Now, don't try to get away. I am more muscular, more cunning, faster, and larger than you are, and I'm a genius. While you could hardly pass the entrance examinations to kindergarten. So, I'll give you the customary two minutes to say your prayers. I'm sorry, Mac. The lady of the house ate home, and besides, we mailed you people a check last week. There you go, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> After right that horse. <laughs> and the whole time he's giving his little introduction, Bugs is looking at the camera like, okay, now, this guy's now, an idiot. Now, that clip just completely <laughs> demonstrates to you where the wit of our generation came from. <laughs> Doesn't it, it, though? <laughs> It and and why it's does. so lacking in others. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> now we mentioned goldfish, goldfish before we went to the break, and there's a reason I did that because I have some interesting facts about goldfish, the snack cracker coming up. Here's our jingle for goldfish. Yes, bacon I fry goldfish. The wholesome snack that smiles back until you bite their heads off. Now see the fishes swimming. Oh look, the pretzels winning. Didn't that make you feel good about goldfish? You know they're made with real cheese, even though they look like fishies. The snack that smiles back, goldfish. Yeah, snack that smiles back, goldfish. And you put cheese on any kind of cracker. And I'm there. Well, thanks to MeTV again, Ugh. I have some fascinating facts about the goldfish cracker. This little fishy snack cracker uh, is over 60 years old, and I didn't know that. By MeTV, it's a whole giant world full of crackers, but for some royal smackers and snackers, there's only one fish in the sea. No, it's not tuna or chicken of the sea. It's goldfish crackers. They've been a hit in the United States since they first swam overseas in oh my goodness what year you guys think they arrived here the goldfish crackers because i know that i didn't start eating goldfish until the 80s so i had no idea when they first got to america and they started selling them here 68 you say 68 mm -hmm. alan says <gasps> what year does alan say is it later than that something alan, after world that? war ii so i would say 46 46 uh 1962 oh well, you were close when they came. Right in the middle the story goes that but you went over so Pep <laughs> pepperidge were we playing price is right rules price is right rules <laughs> okay <laughs> one year one <laughs> <laughs> the story goes that pepperidge farms oh not that guy uh, founder margaret rudkin was visiting switzerland saw the crackers and fell in love with their unique fishy form <laughs> so she brought them out uh, outright as a sort of a she bought them outright as a sort of an entrepreneurial souvenir not knowing she'd be changing the course of her brand forever but before rudkin discovered goldfish crackers they'd been around in switzerland for four years before that and they were known as G-O-L-D-F-I-S-C-H-L-I. I'm not even going to try to pronounce Swedish words because it's interesting that they do that. In the U.K., they were called fin Fins, F-I-N-N-Z. They were already in the U.K. So for those keeping count, that makes over 60 years that they've been uh, in existence. For snack fans like us, that's a thing worth celebrating. Now, here's a uh, tour of everything you didn't know or may know about the popular cheese cracker from its original name. 
the name here's no, here's the one of the first facts. The name was originally a tiny bit longer. Goldfish, as we know them, were sold first sold in Switzerland, and they were called goldfish tiny crackers. After they were introduced in the U.S. in uh, in the early '60s, though, the tiny part vanished from the names. They were originally called goldfish tiny crackers, which is what they are. You don't need to call them that. All you have to do is look at them and see that they are. I know that the jingle on the on the commercial said uh, a nice snack until you bite their heads off. I never bite the heads off the goldfish crackers. I eat them whole. They're so small. I just put the whole. Just well, you're a lot bigger now. Yeah, I, I got a bigger you, mouth. The next time you get one, you're going to be like, "Hey, I I'm wonder." I'm trying to nibble the head off first and see. <laughs> yeah, Do they make the bigger ones? Do they make the bigger ones? No, because I know they make a larger. Che- I know they make cheese it big cheese it crackers. And small yeah, but ones, I've but, never seen a larger goldfish. Uh, here's another fact about goldfish crackers. Pepperidge Farm churns out 142 billion of them every year. That's how many, how many they I, make. I know 103 billion of them come to hey. Thomas. <laughs> That's a lot of crackers. <laughs> That's a lot of crackers there for you. <laughs> Move over, cheese nips, Crimea River, Cheez-Its, anybody else? Those tiny goldfish crackers are ranked above every other cheese cracker in the United States. To meet the demand, they crank out $142 billion. Another fact about goldfish, they've even gone into outer space, and I didn't know that either. In 1988, goldfish crackers boarded the space shuttle Discovery in 1988 and blasted into space. Their job? To make the trip less tedious for the crew and likely a lot more snacky. In total, those goldfish travel 1.7 million miles if they survive that long. That is, those are okay to let float around in, in the in the cockpit if they don't get into things. Much. Yeah, and you, and you just pop them in your mouth as and they're that floating around. That would be fun around. too. <laughs> I don't think any of them made it back. You like put them in the shape of a big goldfish. You got like a school of them, right. and just let it float. Just float. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, another fact. Like, <laughs> another fact about the goldfish. Nabisco lost a lawsuit that they said copied goldfish. I didn't know about that. More than 10 years after goldfish visited space, it was time for the cracker to head to the courtroom. The problem? Nabisco partnered with Nickelodeon to make a special cracker cracker based upon its kids' show, Cat Dog. That show about the cat and the dog that emerged together, the weird <laughs> show. Yeah. The Cat Dog crackers had tiny cheese fish crackers for the cat and tiny cheese crackers shaped like bones for the dog. In the end, Pepperidge Farm kept the fish and the bones. It's estimated that Nabisco had already made 3.4 million off of their crackers by the time goldfish uh, the gavel dropped for them. So there you go. Another fact about goldfish, you only got three more here. Goldfish commercials started airing in 1977. I didn't know it was that long ago when they started. Although goldfish crackers were an instant hit in the U.S., it took about 15 years for Pepperidge Farm to air its first commercials promoting its distinct snack. I think that commercial I played from was from 2001. So that was when it came out. When it was uh, first dawned on the company that they should be targeting kids, not adults. That's why it took them a long time to 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 fine tune their uh, commercials. Kids, I don't think uh, kids, adults are going to eat it anyway. My gosh, if targeting try snack foods to kids? I don't understand that. Sugar and cereal? What? <laughs> It's a wily coyote super genius. What do, genius. what do they say in Monty Python? Uh, Monty Python's uh, meaning of life, where there's a, the tiger kills the guy and stole his leg. Remember that? My yeah. leg. He's like. He's like. He, t- he took his leg in Africa. He goes, a tiger in Africa? What? A tiger in Africa? <laughs> what? Uh, here's another fact about goldfish. It took almost uh, 40 years before the goldfish cracker smiled. They give it a little smile on its face. What and did it do before? I don't know. Nineteen. Well, you're about to be eaten. I don't know what you're going to do. 1997. <laughs> off, you, yeah. <laughs> was Gold, it just a dot for an eye? Just a <laughs> goldfish made its first ever change to its iconic cracker in the history of existence. They gave the fish a face. Now, we're used to the goldfish crackers staring and smiling back at us before we down them by the handful, of course. But, yeah, it was uh, 1997 before they gave them a little smile there under the... Uh, 
or gave it a face altogether. It didn't even have an eye. Oh, it had didn't? no eye at all. It was okay. just a plain shape. And the last fact about goldfish. This is why the crackers are shaped like a fish. Oh, that's the one thing we don't know. The biscuit maker behind the goldfish cracker was a Swiss man named Oscar J. Combley. His story is that he wanted to make a cracker for his wife. She was a Pisces astrological sign. Now we know the tie-in. For which is a fish. He landed on the goldfish of out of all fish because he knew it was a symbol of luck. And that's why he were all lucky enough to have the cute little fishies swimming around in our soups today. Goldfish. Good thing his wife wasn't a Scorpio. <laughs> That'd be a whole different cracker. Or no, cancer. Wasn't cancer a crab? A crab. Yeah, yeah. so I'm like, little crab. Well, that would be put it, put it in a... But nobody wants to eat or, cancer. Or uh, lobster bisque. No. Until you bite their claws off. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Till it stings you in the tongue with its tail. So, yeah, you eat these goldfish crackers, but be careful. <laughs> Scorpion-flavored goldfish, so... Yeah, we've got a lot uh, got a lot to look forward to on the horizon. We talked about it earlier, and I wanted to hit on it one more time before we, before the show ended. We're enjoying Moon Knight. I mean, a great show on, on on Disney Plus from Marvel. I know, Sean, you guys are watching it too, Moon Knight. I, I, I don't think Thomas hasn't seen it yet, but I watched I, it. I've seen, I seen both episodes. I couldn't afford I, Disney I, I, Plus, so I'm getting the off-brand where it's a guy in armor who likes to come up to your window and drop his pants. Or a guy that's wrapped in toilet paper. <laughs> what? <laughs> Moon Knight. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't don't talk to Alan. <laughs> it's a completely different show. has a has a whole new meaning. Yeah, he's watching different TV he's than we are. Five cup of coffees. I've counted them. I, I actually five. agree with you that the show. When I was watching it, I was like, "Wow, this like looks really high budget." I mean, it was right. Really it's amazing. Most of them do. Most of them. Do. And we were marveling at the story because I'm like, again, marveling. this is nothing. Uh, this is nothing like it's come before story wise. Story wise is completely different. From it's all the definitely other things. unique. There's no doubt about that. So I just want to give a, a, a tip of the hat to all it's the really comic, good. all the comic book creators that have created all these characters. I mean, I, we've known this for years because we've read comics since we were a kid. And even as a kid, and even in the 80s, I'm like, yeah, they start making these movies and they're not that great. They have such a plethora of characters and stories and, 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 and well-done origin stories of these guys that are all different. They're really going to make a good bunch of movies one day, and thank goodness they're finally doing well, it. Cause all just these think whippersnappers about it. didn't go through the... Fantastic Four, Captain America, Spider-Man right. issues that we went through. So yeah. they got to skip all that. Well, and that's next on the horizon. MCU is acquiring rights to the Fantastic Four, and they're going to bring I'm them to, for uh, a good one of those, to, so. to right. life because that's you will not have really to great. suffer through what we watched. Yeah. Yes, all the Fantastic Fours that we had to sit through, all the attempts, and some of the TV versions that weren't great. Guys, thanks for being here, having a good time today. Hoorah. Have a good week, and uh, everybody check us out on the uh, podcast, BK on there. Just search for me out there. It's BK on there. I'll see everybody next week with more Nostalgic Geek and talk and messing up and mistakes and goofiness and all the stuff that I do all week. Just take a week break. I'll be back. Seven days. I'll be right back here. It's BK on the air. Because Pepperidge Farm remembers.